The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. We're going to talk about a spooky edition of the podcast and particularly a scary thought in the idea of how many quarterbacks have played for the Denver Broncos since Peyton Manning. And, well, there's going to be a new one coming up this Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. Have they found their next guy? Maybe... Maybe not. Probably not, let's be honest. But I tell you what, we're going to talk about Brendan Allen, and when I say we, I mean myself, as well as Zach Seegers, contributor to MileHighSports.com. So we'll be talking with Zach about uh, the quarterback situation, this carousel that continues to go round and round and round, and it's throwing off every single quarterback that has sat in that chair ever since... Peyton Manning left, so we'll discuss that coming up. But first, our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasoning fare is just tremendous. Head on over there to Tap 14 on the web. That's tap14.com, tap14.com. All right, Zach, first of all, where can they follow you on social media for all your writing? Because I know you're going to be writing about rookie quarterbacks coming up. Absolutely. Actually, I just had an article come out on the rookie quarterbacks on Tuesday, and my Twitter is at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Z-A-C-H underscore S-E-G-A-R-S. Very good. Now, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio, where we are discussing the Brandon Allen start against the Cleveland Browns. It's at home, but this is a Denver team that is now in a very awkward situation, of course, right before the bye week, where Joe Flacco is now out herniated disc. Drew Locke is not healthy enough to start, even though I think ideally you would like him to, or is he? Because Vic Fangio tells us earlier this week, it's not really a health deal. It's the fact that he just hasn't practiced. Um, do you agree with the idea that it should be Brandon Allen and then Brett Rippon as the backup? Should Drew Locke be mi- folded into this mix here? Why aren't they are, are they coddling Drew Locke? What's the deal here? I don't think so. And, and don't get me wrong. I understand why Broncos fans are so disappointed with not getting to see Drew Locke. This guy's supposed to be the future. And it, it is a little bit like, oh, no, is this Paxton Lynch again? Is he not ready to, to play? Like, it, it feels like a worst case scenario. But I think this is the right thing to do. This is a guy that really need practice time, not because he couldn't read an NFL defense like Paxton Lynch. He played four years. He was a four-year starter in the SEC. Uh, His concern was more mechanics-based, and he needs a lot of practice time to correct his funky mechanics. And that's what he was supposed to be doing this year as a development year. He was supposed to learn how to prepare to be an NFL quarterback, but also uh, how to fix his mechanics and... He hasn't had the opportunity to do that this whole season because he hasn't been able to practice. And I think if you throw him to the Wolves right away, and we talked about this last week, and I think you made some good points about starting him sooner rather than later, but if you throw him to the Wolves right away, I think the concern might be less about knocking his confidence and more about him reverting right back to those broken mechanics we saw at Mizzou, and then maybe he does become unfixable. Yeah, and and certainly, look, there are going to be flaws and there are going to be problems with Drew Locke as they uh, continue to look to utilize him and groom him. 
But I think those are things that you're just going to have to battle through. You know, and, and the way I look at it as there is no better more experience than in-game real bullet experience. And you should be able to learn from that, too. Uh, but certainly, look, there are precautionary things that Denver wants to do with Drew Locke because, look, you don't want him. I think more importantly, you don't want him seeing ghosts because this is a guy being thrown behind an offensive line that, quite frankly, is just terrible. Uh, they are as uh, soft as a deck of cards that is just folding at every pass rush. And it's it's several positions, too. It's both tackles and, quite frankly, sometimes at guard as well, too, and um, they have I think a real Ronald, problem on the inside and outside when it comes to that offensive line. Yeah, I think Ronald Leary has been a bigger problem than Garrett Bowles even. And Bowles has been bad. That's not excusing Bowles at all. Sure. But I think Ronald Leary has played even worse than Bowles. But because he's a guard, he doesn't get as much uh, negative attention as Bowles. I, I think the offense is easily one of the worst in the league. But I, I have been wondering the last few weeks, how much is the offensive line being such a bad unit and how much is Joe Flacco being so incredibly immobile and handling pressure so poorly? And somebody who doesn't get, doesn't seem to get rid of the football just no, with any sort no. of urgency or electricity. I think that's a big complaint that Broncos fans have is it's not even so much the play, which they obviously do have a problem with the play because it's not very good. It's the demeanor. It's the attitude. It's the lack of sense of urgency on a two-minute drill. It's the kind of, I don't want to say mopey, kind of unexciting, just kind of going about his bit. He's kind of like your, and I want to say like that in a negative way, but just the idea like he's just kind of there and slow, and he just kind of goes through the most. You know, in a two-minute drill, there's no sense of urgency. There's not running up to the line. There's not hurrying guys up. And then on top of that, I, I don't think the passes come out as quick and crisp as what maybe somebody else could do. And maybe Brandon Allen does that. But I want to ask you, because I almost wonder if Brandon Allen starting this Sunday against the Cleveland Browns is a good and bad thing. Because, look, he obviously is really kind of the only arm available. But when it comes to the result of what Brandon Allen could give, is it a bad thing if he actually plays well? Because if he does, this clouds, this just adds another cloud to an already stormy situation that the Broncos are trying to forecast with their quarterback situation in the idea of, hmm, well, you know, Brandon Allen played pretty well. Let's play him again next week, even though maybe Drew Locke could be ready. You know, like what? Uh, Drew Locke is the future. Make no mistake. I, I just don't see any way Brandon Allen comes in and steals this position, uh, but I suppose we've seen crazier things in the NFL, would almost a good performance be a bad thing for Denver? I don't think so. I don't think the Broncos have anything to lose at this point. This season's gone just as Outside poorly as it can. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, it's gone just as poorly as they can, and that's the thing. I think if Brandon Allen looks like I think we all expect Brandon Allen to look, I mean, he looked bad in his preseason stats are horrible. And yes, preseason isn't everything, but his preseason stats are horrible. And that was with Sean McVay calling the play yes, the and boy. with him going against an awful defense. So the odds of him doing well, like you said, are really low. Uh, they should expect to lose. But if you win, it's a nice little bonus. And hey, maybe Brandon Allen could be the backup of the future behind Drew Locke or if you draft someone else. Uh, I, I think you're hoping because he's not even a good backup right now. I think the Broncos, before Joe Flacco went down, had one of the worst backup quarterback situations in the league. And, and now you're seeing one of the worst backup quarterback backup quarterbacks become a starter. I mean, it, it's just not going to look good. And I think if it does, that's that's a little positive. I don't think that should bum out Broncos fans anymore because uh, they're still going to be picking plenty high enough. 
It's a very weird dynamic that this Denver Broncos team is going through. And honestly, um, to an extent, it is very unfortunate. It's it's unfortunate circumstances that have hit the Denver Broncos in the idea that, look, Joe Flacco has not played well, so now you're looking towards the future, but you can't play the future because of the injury. And so thus, it's kind of this awkward situation of like, hey, can you get one week out of Brandon Allen so then maybe Drew Locke comes in a little bit later in the season after the bye week? It's just such a mess right now for the Denver Broncos. And I, I do want to talk about this overall and maybe zoom out a little bit in how John Elway has done in picking these quarterbacks and talking about them as a whole, uh, because this is just a continued rudderless ship in the night with no direction or vision. We're going to get to that next. So again, welcome back. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Zach Seeger's joining me on the podcast. You can follow myself on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter, where, of course, we're always uh, debating, uh, asking questions. And a poll question I'm going to be throwing up here shortly as well, too, is going to involve... Uh, this this regime, this John Elway idea of him evaluating talent, and I want to ask you this, Zach, because as we zoom out now, and look, you're a guy who has looked at quarterbacks so far in this upcoming draft, should the Denver Broncos be looking at a quarterback in the 2020 draft with the idea that, hey, it's going to be a high asset, and when I say high asset, I mean first-round pick. We're not scoring now with the second or the third, whatever may be the case. We're looking at top pick potentially trading up for a quarterback because, and I brought this up earlier in the podcast, it's still a very cloudy situation with Denver now because you don't know if Drew Locke could be something if he's a good enough player. I would have thought that if he showed and flashed enough potential, Drew Locke would have at least been the backup. Like, I, I don't understand, even without practice, this is a guy that, look, he, everybody keeps talking about how he's throwing the football and he's studying the playbook. He can't at least be the quarterback. Should Denver be considering another future? I don't think so. I think it makes sense to keep uh, Brett Rip in the backup. I mean, he, he's a guy who is boring and has a weak arm and everything, but he is one of those guys. Like he Kellen doesn't, Moore he hasn't done anything State. either. I know, but he's like a Kellen Moore when Kellen Moore was coming out of Boise state, this guy who's like, Oh, this is going to be an offensive coordinator in 10, 15 years. He's, he's a coach's son. He gets the game. Uh, so, so I'm not, or I'm fine with them not wanting to rush lock in as the backup, but as far as quarterbacks, uh, in this year's draft, I think unless the Broncos season really goes disastrous and they have a top five, top three pick, or they trade up into that range, they can't take a quarterback in the first round of this year's draft because the high-end talent's not there. There's there's the high-end talent that'll be the first, maybe second pick in this draft in Tua Tagovailoa and Joe Burrow. But behind that, I don't like the first rounders. It's a deep quarterback class. I think there's seven good draftable first, second round quarterback prospects this year. Are those but projects or no? I'd say all except for two are projects. You look at Burrow uh, and Tagovailoa. Burrow and Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa okay, is Pick ready one to of those go. two. Those are going to be <laughs> top two picks. But here's the thing: uh, Dolphins are probably picking one. Bengals sure. are probably picking two. Or you can flip those. Bengals are taking a quarterback unless Ryan Finley lights the world on fire. So are the Dolphins. Everyone knows the Dolphins are going to take Tagovailoa. Uh, Bo Burrow compares to a Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo type. That's what Zach Taylor wants. He'll probably take him. So now if you're the Broncos, it's like, do you want Justin Herbert who has serious Paxton Lynch vibes coming off him? Every scout in the game is saying buyer beware on this guy, even though his physical traits are 
awesome. Uh, do you want to roll the dice on Jalen Hurts, who until this season most people thought was going to have to be a wide receiver? And how much of that is him looking good? How much is Lincoln Riley's offense? Do you want to gamble on a, a, a Jordan Love, who looks maybe Drew Lockie, Patrick Mahomes, he's a freak athlete, but he's super duper. He's the biggest project out of any of these guys. Sure. Uh, or, or, I mean, Jacob Eason, who lost the starting quarterback job in, in Georgia to Jake Fromm, who's all intangibles, uh, not the most physically talented guy. Uh, that'd probably be the best option for the Broncos, a, a Jake Fromm, actually. And the value's not there in the top 10. I mean, I know I, I agree with you on this. I know you're going to say, if you think he's the guy, take him there. Yes. Uh, I, I think you can't take him until the second round because his ceiling, at least in terms of physical traits, is so low. His his potential, it, it, you get I get Andy Dalton vibes from, from And look, Dalton. I like Drew Locke a lot. Uh, I like Drew Locke coming out of college, but it told me a lot when Drew Locke first dropped in the second round but it told me a lot about what the Broncos think about Drew Locke when they didn't take him at 10, when they didn't take him at 20, when they could have traded back up in, and yet they decide to wait, and then they wait till they get that second-round uh, situation where they go back-to-back -back, uh, that they trade into to go get Drew Locke. It tells me a lot about a guy when that's your mindset around him because a lot of people were talking about Drew Locke. When the Broncos came up at 10, People were thinking, okay, it's going to be Devin Bush, it's going to be a potential tight end, it's going to be a trade out, or it's going to be Drew Locke. Like those were the those were the four big pieces that a lot of people were talking about, and yet you you passed on him not once, not twice, but but basically a third time when you don't go and get a guy, and it just makes me wonder if it's more so like I'm not picking my guy, I'm just picking him because he's available at that time. I think quarterback is the one position in the NFL where I hate that mindset. I hate that mindset and the idea of, like, you know, I'm going to let somebody else dictate my quarterback future. It's like, no. If you think Drew is the guy, go get him. And like, go get him and lock him in and find a vision and a path because it just seems like the, the quarterback position is being built like they build any other position in the NFL over the last couple of years. Let's just take a quick peek at the most recent. Now, look, everybody's talked about, uh, you know, Paxton Lynch and Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Brandon Allen, Drew Locke, Kyle Sloter, Chad Kelly, Simeon, Sanchez. Over the last four years post Peyton Manning, it seems like this is a quarterback situation that the Denver Broncos handle like if it was like a linebacker situation you know it's like well he's the best option available let's 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 take a whirl on this and I think it's just too critical of a position in the NFL that's why the quarterbacks make the most money because they are that dictative of how your franchise goes whether up or down uh, that's a great point but I, I I think part of that is the lack of stability them treating it like that and and, and that's why or, or part of the reason there's been such a big problem and that's why I don't think unless Drew Locke is an utter Paxton Lynchian disaster, you can blow it up right now. When the Broncos drafted him, and I think he was John Elway's guy, but other people in the room went, John, this guy's not valued as a top 10 pick. And there might have been league scuttlebutt. They knew this guy might fall to the second. In the run-up to the draft, more people started mocking him in the 30s and whatnot. Sure. Uh, so the, the Broncos still might have very well believed in him and just thought that they could get him in the second round. That was his value. Uh, saw it as a great opportunity to 
do that. Yeah, see, that's but that's where that's where that, I just it drives me nuts in the idea of like we're taking our quarterback because he's a value pick. I don't want my quarterback to be a value pick. Okay, I want but you let's to say, go get my guy. Okay, but let's say hypothetically, the Patriots knew Tom Brady would be Tom Brady, and of course they didn't. But or, or maybe not even that's a bad example. But the the Jaguars knew Gardner Minshew was going to be a starter capable, and they knew no one else in the league was going to take him in the first five rounds. They'd be a little silly to spend a first round pick on him because it they can get him for a cheaper draft pick. You can buy him for cheaper. Absolutely, and that's why that's I my think, point. That's but, why I think a lot but, of these these NFL franchises, quite frankly, and I know this is funny because a lot of these scouts, a lot of these coaching staffs, they've they've forgotten more football than than I could ever know in my lifetime. A lot of these guys don't know what they're doing because it's the draft. There's no science to this. There's it's a total. Um, 50-50 pick with a lot of these guys. If they truly, and this is why I talk about this all the time, and, and this sometimes rubs Bronco fans the wrong way, because I say this about Terrell Davis. The Denver Broncos got very lucky with Terrell Davis. Okay, They did not pick Terrell Davis with the idea that he was going to be a Hall of Fame running back. If they did, if they really thought that was the case, he would have been a high draft pick. No, he fell to them and become a value pick. Tom Brady was a very lucky pick for the New England Patriots. He fell to them. They just decided he would be a, a depth guy and right time, right place, right time. And all of a sudden, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Yes, so I, I understand the concept of the the thinking value, but if you think this is a franchise quarterback, and and you can't tell me that the Denver Broncos have gone four years without looking at one quarterback. Of all the years, without looking at one quarterback and saying, man, that's the guy that I want. Because, look, we've seen teams move up to go get their guy. Kansas City. Kansas City moved up into the number 10 pick from 27. You know, everybody talks about how the Broncos, well, if they keep winning, they're going to have a bad draft status and they can't do anything. Then, look, Kansas City was the 27th pick, and they moved up to 10 to go get Patrick Mahomes. And they changed the flight path of their their franchise completely they were going nowhere with alex smith and now all of a sudden they are the bees knees for 15 years like and that's, that's different but that's totally different the 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 chiefs gm said and he said this multiple occasions and this was before patrick mahomes even started patrick mahomes and he scouted for a long long time mm -hmm. patrick mahomes is my favorite player i've ever scouted he is the best player i've ever scouted he's one of the few people that saw the mahomes thing coming it's totally different so when why you think doesn't it's a denver do that because they haven't seen a generational quarterback. They in the last four one. years, they, you don't believe they have seen at least one no, generational quarterback? No, the two best quarterbacks to come out in the last four years were Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Everyone outside the Chiefs thought, hey, these two guys, 2017's a bad quarterback class. Mitch Trubisky is better than those two guys. The Chiefs were the only one to get that right. Yes, if they see a guy, they have to get go up and get him. And maybe they should have taken Drew Locke earlier, but... Let's say Drew Locke was their guy, and they just knew, hey, we can get this guy in the second round. He's going to fall. But see, that's like the, the like the buzz about Miles Jack and whatnot. No, 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 no. But if you know he's going to fall, why spend more on him than you have to? But see, that's that's the different mindset from what I'm talking about, though. Drew Locke was not their guy. He was not their guy because if he was their guy, he would have took him at ten. So that's why I don't think they truly believe in him. He was their guy. You heard from the senior bowl from the, the moment Drew Locke was done at Missouri. Then why I think didn't they take even him Even during last season that John Elway was in love with Drew Locke because I think they knew they could get him later. I, I think the guy that John Elway is truly in love with is Justin Herbert. 
That's the guy we have heard a lot about. Now, obviously, he didn't come out in the draft this past year, but that was the guy where we heard a little bit of buzz and thought to the idea of, this is a guy that John Elway would trade up to go get. Now, I don't know that There was for the sure. same thought about Drew Locke last year, though, too. He was, there was talk. But that's not what happened. John Elway went to they a had Mizzou three game. times to go at him. Why didn't they go Twice. get him? I, because they knew they could get him later. Yes, that'd be my bet. See, or, or they didn't fully believe in him, and I agree with you there. And, that's, but, and that truly tells me they did not truly fully believe in him. But now, that doesn't that mean... That doesn't mean they don't now. Yeah. But or that he's at, not a guy. At draft time, that tells me you didn't truly believe in your guy. You let him fall to you because of a value pick. Well, if you really thought he was that, if he was the the next greatest thing, you wouldn't let another franchise dictate that. You wouldn't let another franchise, any of the 31, because again, it's not about the, the teams that are picking in front of you. It's about every franchise because any franchise can trade up and jump you and say, hey, we jump you because we like Drew Locke better and yeah. we're going to go and get him. Well, like you're saying, they might have gone, maybe Justin Herbert is one of John Elway's guys, and they went, hey, it'd be great if we could get Drew Locke. This guy's probably going to fall to the second round. And you know what? If we miss out on this, on this year, uh, we believe in Joe Flacco, uh, which they were wrong to do so. But again, their mindset, we believe in Joe Flacco. And hey, Justin Herbert stayed in the draft until next year. We'll go get Justin Herbert next year. That's how I view it. I think quarterback... It's a mix of a couple things. One, they felt they could get Drew Locke later than the media thought. And two, uh, they believed in Joe Flacco slash maybe the 2020 quarterback class enough that they were like, we don't have to force it here. We don't have to force it with Drew Locke. Because he's maybe not... And and there's a difference between being that dream guy that, whoa, what the Chiefs saw in Patrick Mahomes. Whoa, this guy is unlike anything we've ever seen before. We need to jump on this right now. And thinking, hey, this is the quarterback of the future, or it's, it's a good quarterback of the future. We could draft him, but maybe we like the 2020 options better. Whatever. I, I don't think it was a lack of belief in Drew Locke. I think the Broncos really, really did like Drew Locke, and especially John Elway. And I, I think, think they did, too. Out of it. Um, I, but, I think it's more so than anything. This is I think this is a Denver team that just they are a rudderless ship in the night right now. I agree. They but, just don't have a vision. But talking about that lack of vision, what... The 2020 quarterback talk scares me so much because, one, I think the class is a little overrated. And, and two, if Drew Locke, let's say, doesn't look great this season and the Broncos do decide to take a quarterback in 2020, it will probably be a project. And then why? Why would they take a project, though? Because that's, those are the guys on I'm the saying. board. I'm saying those are the guys on the board. Sometimes the board. See, I would pass on a quarterback if, if we're talking about projects again. OK, I'm so then that's my that's my point. But it, it, so Drew Locke, let's say it doesn't work. And then you just take another guy in 2020. If Drew Locke doesn't look good this season, we were all told last year, even before the Broncos drafted him, Drew Locke's one of the most raw prospects in this draft. He needs a season to sit before he's ready. So if he comes out and doesn't look ready, and then we we go, oh, this isn't what we expected. We drafted a new guy. This was the sales pitch on Drew Locke. Sure. You know, you know he's not going to be ready his rookie season. And now we're all, we're all in a, a, a panic because he's not ready his rookie season. This is what we were told ahead of time. The Broncos should just wait a season. 2021 has Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. And and you want to talk about a guy to believe in those two quarterback prospects are better than any we've had since Andrew Luck. Any, any Patrick Mahomes is a a generational quarterback talent as a prospect. These two are better than yes. Uh, Justin Fields. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. A lot of people like that guy's going to be good. Uh, 
wait a year. See what Drew Locke really is. Get a good read on him. Don't blow it up because he doesn't look ready in his rookie season when you should have known he wouldn't be ready. So we're season. basically just uh, in experiment mode and hang tight until 2021. Is that what you're telling me? I'm telling you, <laughs> you got to see. But what I'm saying is you got to see the Drew Locke experiment out. You know, okay. you can't just. It's telling you that. Uh, so then why doesn't the Broncos the, say that? Because why don't the Broncos say that? I think they're trying to with this. Hey, maybe we'll redshirt him the whole season. Maybe we'll. I think they're trying to let it out easy because I think they are aware that, hey, the last time this whole, this city saw something like this, it was Paxton Lynch. Also, John Elway's uh, uh, job is on the hot seat. And, and also, holding off on Drew Locke, if Drew Locke looks really bad, the odds of John Elway getting fired, Vic Fangio getting fired, the odds of Broncos cleaning house if Drew Locke looks bad is a lot higher than if they just go, hey, we need to rest him until next season. See, I, I look year. at it, I, and this is where the thumb injury comes into play, where I think it's very fascinating. I think you could have used that as an excuse to they put him on IR and said, hey, we're shelving you for the rest of the season because of the injury. When in reality, we knew we needed you to redshirt a year and learn under Joe Flacco or or just at least see what it's like to be a quarterback. And then you are unleashed as the starter. But then on top of that, it's like, OK, well, why are the, why isn't he going on IR for the rest of the season? Why did you restructure Joe Flacco's contract? You know what? Why? This is where. Oh, this is what I mean by a cloudy sky right now, is that you have so many contradictive ideas being thrown into the pot here where it's like, okay, I understand why you did this, but then why did you do this? And then why did you do this? Like, what? why, why are these all in the same pot of gumbo? Because oranges should not be in the same pot as beans and yeah. salsa, and, and, and it just doesn't make any sense. I agree, because they're not sticking with a direction yeah i think and that's what frustrates me about and i understand the broncos fans right now the broncos have never been this bad and they want to blow the whole thing up you know when the opportunity was to blow the whole thing up this past off season when sure. you fired vance joseph you could have fired john elway had a new gm come in a new coach come in draft that new quarterback maybe it is drew lock maybe they believed in someone else now is not the time the broncos decided to go in this new direction it was weird they also traded for joe flacco and said that he was still in his prime and then and restructured him and, and, and that's the thing there's all these contradicting ideas but i think it's just throwing another contradicting idea in to go hey we got this rock quarterback everyone joe flacco's the guy for 2020 or 2019 wait drew lock will be ready in 2020 and that's when this show will get started and then go oh guys uh we didn't like how this season went uh drew lock doesn't look ready so we're going to get another quarterback for 2020 it, you got to stick with the direction and if it goes horribly then blow it up and bring in a whole clean slate. I think this whole mix and match pieces, hey, let's fire John Elway, bring in a new GM who's not going to necessarily like Vic Fangio or Drew Locke and see how that goes. And then he'll fire those guys and bring in his own head coach and quarterback. But then he's on thin ice, even though the head coach and quarterback have a, a, a fresh lease, a fresh start. And then he gets fired. You got a new GM with the new coach and quarterback that they don't believe in. That's what awful franchises do. Get a direction, stick with it, see it out, and maybe it does go horribly. And then you can blow it up and go from the start. But this constant changing of directions and changing of quarterbacks, I think, is part of the reason it's been such a cluster. And that, and that's why it is so, I think, most frustrating for this Denver Broncos team and their fan and their fans because they they have not had a direction at quarterback for the first time since um well gosh. I mean, when you look back. We're talking about pre-John Elway. As, they haven't drafted a, as, a, as a player. 
Okay, you had the John Elway era, which it was very clear. John was the man up until his retirement. They were basically hanging on to that. Now, you can make an argument that Bubby Brister was supposed to be the guy to come in, but Brian Greasy came in and actually played decent for a couple of years. He made the Pro Bowl one of those years. Don't forget about that with a quarterback rating over 100. But so Post- is that the best quarterback the Broncos have ever drafted? Well, that's that's a, that's a whole other discussion I want to get to a little bit later. Uh, but then, you know, when talking about um, structure and, and vision and a path, Jake, Pum- Jake Plummer was clearly the guy to hand it off to Jay Cutler at some point in time. Whether you think that handoff was handled well or not, that's another discussion, but there was clearly going to be a handoff at some point in time. Probably your only shaky time was when Josh McDaniels was hired. And look, obviously, that's an era I think that most people just burn the tape. Uh, we totally forget about that little uh, snippet in Broncos history because it was a terrible one, obviously. And then Peyton Manning comes in and obviously takes the reins for several years before now this complete inability. And look, I, I think the Broncos were actually setting themselves up because Brock Osweiler was supposed to be the guy. He walks away from Denver, and then it throws Denver into a complete tailspin. They're they're dealing with Trevor Simeon, who's not good enough to be a franchise quarterback, but good enough to get you by. And that got you by to Paxton Lynch, which turned out to be a complete bust, and a lot of people, I think, figured that. But we all knew Paxton Lynch was going to be a two-year project, even though you knew you didn't want to deal with Trevor Simeon for two years. Like, you know, they're double poisons here that you don't want to deal with. And then you throw in the, the stopgap situation now with Case Keenum in 2018, Joe Flacco in 2019. And then there's Drew Locke who gets entered into this mix. That's like, we think he could be a franchise quarterback, maybe, kind of. But, but then we're going to restructure Joe Flacco so that it makes it harder for us to get rid of him next year. And then with the idea of, Hey, maybe Drew is ready for next year. Maybe not. But I think that's an important just, thing, none of this makes sense. An important thing to remember is when the Broncos drafted Drew Locke, uh, they didn't know he was gonna miss nine weeks. You know, they thought these past nine weeks he'd be, you know, practicing under Joe Flacco, sure. learning the playbook, learning how to run an NFL offense. And I think that's why he's behind schedule. They wanted him to retreat and have this. But goal. if he's a, but if he was a one year project, let's just say he's a yes. one year project, would it be fair to say he was supposed to redshirt the first year, start the second year, right? Yes. Well, then and, and why is the Joe thing. Flacco on the roster next year? I think it's maybe as a backup again. That I don't get it at all. They had uh, an option after this season where they could have turned down the team option, let Joe Flacco walk. It, it made so much sense. That's why the trade made the trade for Case Keenum, or when they traded Case Keenum for Joe Flacco, I was initially against it, but I saw the specifics and I was like, hey, that makes sense. Okay, makes You're sense. getting a yeah. slight upgrade for a season, and then you have a team option. You can get out of it next year. The restructuring makes no sense to me. Uh, and maybe it is a Drew Locke concern. And if they are that concerned about Drew Locke, like, hey, this guy might not even be ready next year, that's when I think, okay, let's draft a guy in 2020. If it is a Paxton Lynch, whoa, this guy can't be ready to play. What's going on here? The, he's a much bigger project than we thought. That's when I think you cross the bridge of do we have to draft another guy. But if it's not that disastrous, you have to see the Drew Locke plan out. All righty. Well, of course, lots to discuss, and uh, we'll continue to do it 
on the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at uh, Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just the hops coming to jump away from Coors Field. Good discussion, Zach. Uh, where can they find you on Twitter? And, of course, uh, speaking of quarterbacks, you're talking about rookie quarterbacks on MileHighSports.com. I am, yeah. My most recent article, MileHighSports.com, uh, I wrote about should the Broncos draft a quarterback in this year's draft and who are the top guys they uh, uh, should look at that might be on the board when they're there. I talk about uh, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and uh, Justin Herbert. I like that Joe Burrow guy. The more, I vi- really like more th- video I look at him, I see uh, a potential franchise quarterback there. See, I love him too, and I would have no problem with the Broncos taking him. Again, I just don't see him being on the board or the teams that will be on the board when he's on the board being willing to trade. That's the one big hurdle. That's the one big hurdle is the idea that, look, uh, Cincinnati, and I think if you're the Denver Broncos, I think you are rooting very hard for Ryan Finley for the next couple weeks because uh, you would love for Ryan Finley to put a bug in the brain of the front office of Cincinnati and saying, this could be our guy. Like, you're hoping for a a Ryan Allen-type deal where he, like, lights it up for five, six games, and then they're like, maybe we don't need a quarterback. Maybe we could just build around this kid. Would be tremendous for the Denver Broncos. Where can they follow you on Twitter? They can follow me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Z-A-C-H underscore S-E-G-A-R-S. And really quick on Mile High Sports, I am covering draft stuff every week on my What's On Draft series, so... As Brandon Allen starts and this Bronco season goes down the tank, uh, go there for all your draft coverage. Very good. You can follow myself on Twitter as well, too, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. We are all done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. Of course, the Broncos, a scary trend so far in a spooky edition of the podcast of having no vision no direction at the most important position, not only in football, but really in sports, and it is just dreadful. So, of course, for more coverage on the Denver Broncos, be sure to check it out at MileHighSports.com and the MileHighSports mobile app. That's free for Apple and Android. You can catch the radio show every single day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. That is Mountain Standard Time. So, for our East Coast friends, I'll do the math for you. Carry the one. That's 9 a.m on the east coast and of course you could stream that live anywhere whether you're in new york or la or denver or japan or europe at milehighsports.com that's milehighsports.com see y'all to listen to previous versions of the broncos blitz podcast visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the broncos blitz wherever you get your podcast